Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. And Mike, you know, I, I was reviewing the stats this week. I was actually talking to a hedge fund that owns um, a lot of property throughout the country. Uh, somebody that we assisted with buying a lot of property uh, back many, many years ago is they're debating what to do with their inventory. They're debating whether to put it on the market, whether to keep renting it, because that's what most of it is, um, and and kind of how to handle it. And, um, you know, in addition to that, um, you know, notice that, you know, a lot of news is starting to come out about military PCS orders starting to come through again, which means people would be leaving Tampa Bay and selling their homes and being sent somewhere else because we are a large military market. So while we continue to have this super low inventory, 0.7 months of inventory in our market, um, 2,800 uh, available homes on the market, 3,900 sold last month. That basically is telling you that everything that we're listing, we're selling, you know, the market is selling in less than a month and plenty of homes are selling in the same month, going under contract in April and closing in April because the increase of the amount of cash that's coming to the marketplace. So all in all, we still continue to have this, you know, drastic seller's market with low inventory, uh, increasing prices. But are these two pieces of evidence good news that we could start to see inventory that the market desperately needs? Yeah, it's uh, that'll be interesting. It, it, you know, it may spark it up. I think it's, um, you know, it would it would be a good it'd be a good omen, right, to have some of it come back in and have some more inventory come into the marketplace. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, um, you know, when you when you look at the data, um, you know, and I mentioned the 0.7 months of inventory, the figure that stood out to me most about the statistics that I reviewed for April, and th this is really alarming. I, I couldn't even believe it when I saw it. I had to double check it. The average list to sell price ratio in Tampa, 100%. Yeah, that's incredible. That means on average, homes are selling for the asking price, which means that, of course, there are some homes selling for less than asking price but there's just as many selling for more than asking price. And we've seen in recent weeks, homes, you know, 10 plus percent above asking price um, and, and, you know, appraisal waivers and cash. And, and obviously as a mortgage lender, there's still plenty enough mortgage business out there, but we're seeing more cash than we've seen simply because people that have the cash are going to buy cash and then maybe try and refinance. But the amount of cash we're seeing in the marketplace is, is astronomical. Yeah, and I think a lot of the reason that is, and you probably speak better than I can, is that because the market is so competitive and, you know, kind of cash, you know, cash trumps all, right? If you can go into a cash offer, even though interest rates are so low and money is so cheap, you know, someone is more likely to accept a cash offer than a financed offer almost all the time, um, everything else being equal. And so I think, you know, the people that do have the means and do have the cash to do so are definitely using it. And then maybe, like you said, coming back and refinancing later and cashing it out. Because like you said, it doesn't make sense financially for a lot of people to do that because rates are so low. But right. the reality is, is that a, a loan has risk that cash doesn't for sellers. They say, you know, what if it doesn't appraise? Or what if there are repair things? Or what if there's a problem and then the person doesn't have the money? Or what if the person loses their job? Or, you know, what if the, you know, the two, you know, people split up? You know, the home buying process is so, you know, demoralizing that it ends the marriage. I mean, you know, there's so many things. We, we had one of those happen like two weeks ago. We're literally like a day or two from closing. The spouses decide they're splitting. 
You know, they couldn't agree on the deal. They're going to split, and then the deal falls apart. You don't, you don't have those same things with cash. No, absolutely not. And so I think a lot of people look for that, um, you know, that option. And more and more consumers are coming to the table with their cash because, one, they have it. Two, the economy's had a good run-up. Three, um, you know, there's a lot of volatility in financial markets. There's concern about taxes rising. And I think the last part of it is people are less and less concerned about the economy and preserving their cash because they feel more confident about the status of the economy post-COVID. So for all of those reasons, we just continue to be in this drastic seller's market with bidding wars and, and cash ultimately being king for a lot of home sellers. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, so average sell price is something else I wanted to touch on. And this, this to me, the average sell price in Tampa, uh, really alarming to me when I see this, considering how long I've been, I've been in this business and, and running the company and, and uh, to see an average sell price in Tampa of $357,000, it blows my mind. I mean, it blows my mind that starter homes Average starter homes are $357,000 in Tampa. I mean, when I, when I first got into the business, the average sale price in the market was the low 100s. And, and we've seen this huge run-up. But, but here's the reality. When you see this run-up and you say $357,000, and that sounds like a lot. And for Tampa, historically, it is a lot. It's a lot more than we've seen. It's, it's more robust than it's ever been. It's risen 20% from last year to this year. And then the year before that, it, even with COVID, it rose 12, 13%. So we have these drastic rises in average sale price. But guess what? When you compare our average prices here to average prices in other large metros, we look like a bargain to New York and LA and Seattle. Yes. And yeah, and you see a lot of that, that. And a lot of people, and we've talked about it so many different times on the show, so many people are migrating here, coming here from you know, from New York, from California, from Washington, other places that are coming here. And, and so, yeah, they look at the, our prices and they're willing to pay more because to them, it's still completely inexpensive compared to where they came from in the price of real estate, you know, in their former market. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's not it doesn't just look affordable, but then they factor in. So not only are they paying less for the real estate, but if they come here and they make this their primary residence, Right. Um, they're they're avoiding state income tax. They're saying, you know what, I don't want to pay this state and city tax anymore that's now going to go up in a lot of cities because of COVID. I don't want to keep paying that tax. I want to go somewhere where I can become a primary resident, not have to pay that, and the real estate's cheaper. So we, we continue to look like this bargain. Even We're even getting people from Miami coming to Tampa. They're, already, you know, they're just simply avoiding the Miami real estate costs by coming here and, and getting a lot of the same things. So, so all these things are pointed at Tampa Bay and our real estate market just continues to thrive. And like I said before, the, the one thing that I'm hopeful will bring us the inventory that we desperately need in Tampa is, uh, the, you know, the military moves starting back up again and some of these hedge funds hopefully selling off inventory because we need the inventory. That sure would be nice to get some of that inventory. I think our market would, would, would gobble it up very quickly. Yeah. And can you speak to did, you know, the hedge fund that you were speaking to, are they, are they leaning more towards, you know, getting rid of some of their, their inventory and their rentals because the market, you know, is so high and demanding top dollar right you know, now? Or? You know, so I'll, I'll answer that. It's, it's kind of funny. Like um, Wall Street guys, I think this goes in general for, you know, I mean, there, there's some big Wall Street hedge funds that are part of home buying companies here right. that are owned in part by hedge funds. And, you know, there are these massive institutions that buy and sell real estate and 
send the money back to New York. But, but you know, the reality is, is that they're, they're pretty smart. Um, they're talking to somebody that's obviously in the know that's pretty well connected. They didn't reveal anything. They're a very good poker player. Mm-hmm. They didn't give me squat. I mean, every answer for them, you know, was Switzerland. Yeah. It, was, it was literally like talking to a robot that had pre-programmed answers to everything you thought about throwing at them because I wanted to know. You know, what right. are they leaning towards? What are you thinking about doing? You know, help me understand. And, you know, they really didn't give me anything. I, I simply know that they're they're looking into a lot of options. And the fact that they're looking into a lot of the options means at least selling some inventory is a is a possible option for them um, versus continuing to to rent the inventory to have. And as far as the military moves, that that's more of a public record thing. You know, you yeah. you know, we're seeing we know that that started to happen. We, 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 yes. you know, they've come out and I've released it. You know, that, that's all, we know that's happening. Yeah. We've, I, I've had, it's, you know, it's funny you say that because in the last, you know, week or so I've had, you know, people from my team asking questions about, you know, military moves and that sort of stuff and things are coming up um, with moving forward. And and so, the, you know, I, I can always tell because more of the questions are coming in on how do we handle this or how do we handle that? Um, as far as, you know, transfers and, and new assignments and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, in addition, you know, and I've talked about this several times when I'm kind of analyzing our real estate market and the strength and success of it, you've got the military moves that are going to start back up again. But the other thing that, that is shatter earth shattering, you know, knock me out of my chair stuff is we are seeing so many moves from people from like New York, states like New York and California that aren't military moves that we have never seen before. We've only seen people moving from those places in the past historically as military moves. And now we're seeing people from those states move here just completely unrelated to the military. It, it really is um, a, a remarkable real estate market for Tampa Bay. And, and nonetheless, not just that, but it's going to continue to be. And it, and it isn't that way everywhere. So if you're looking at real estate in other parts of the country, um, it, 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 I can't necessarily vouch that it's going to be right. the same in those markets. Certainly in some it is for sellers because people are leaving the areas, but, but for here, you know, we're, we're a different beast. It's, it's a, it's a completely different market in Tampa than you're seeing in other parts of the country. Yeah, it's, it, it, it certainly is robust for sure. And I, and I think it, it's not going to change anytime soon. It's just, this is the market. Um, it, it's going to keep going up average sale price at three fifty seven. You know, 100% list to sell price ratio, 0.7 months of inventory. It's just a market rent, and 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 everyone that thinks that it's going to have some sort of drastic change just doesn't understand how real estate works. It will take years for this real estate market to shift. In lieu of, okay, let me preface this: in lieu of a natural disaster, you know, type, you know, or, or right. you know, type event that impacts the economy, because. There's just too many things heading in that direction for Tampa Bay. And then you look at the development, the winning sports teams, the, you know, when you have polarizing popular figures like Tom Brady and Gronkowski and a winning hockey team, all those things make it, make us more attractive. And, and we've continued to dodge the bullet on major storms. Hopefully that continues to, uh, you know, be the case. Uh, But, but nonetheless, our market isn't going anywhere. Things are going to continue on this pace. And if you're going to wait for it to shift, you're going to wait a long time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We're going to be back. Make sure you're following us on all of our social channels at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We've got some cool giveaways for Fast and Furious movie tickets that we'll announce. we got some Tampa Bay Lightning swag that we'll give away, some signed jerseys and tickets to keep rooting on our 
bolts after they get past the first round. But we'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. A little real estate 101 for you here because we get this question a lot, uh, specifically uh, probably more commonly with first-time home buyers. Um, you know, and not understanding all the intricacies of the real estate lingo, but you'll let's just kind of call pending and under contract the same thing. Those are interchangeable. So if you see a listing that's pending, it means it's under contract. If you see a listing that's under contract, it means it's pending. Every market throughout the country uses different language. Some of them use the pending verbiage. Some of them use the under contract verbiage. But what does that mean? Because we get buyers all the time that will call us and say, oh, I noticed that home's under contract, but I'll pay more than the contract. At that point, it doesn't matter. There's a contract. It has to be honored and followed. And the only way it can be canceled by either of the parties is if one of the parties doesn't follow the terms of the contract. So, so typically when a home's under contract, that means it is you have two parties that have agreed on a deal. All the terms are agreed upon. It's signed off on in writing. But there are still contingencies. And Mike, one of those contingencies, and I'll let you touch on this a little bit, um, you know, obviously you have a home inspection a con a contingency that's a regular yes. one. Um, you have a financing contingency, which you can talk on, but I think probably more importantly, uh, right now, the appraisal contingency in a lot of circumstances, which requires the property appraised at or above the purchase price. Whenever we're in a hot market like this, the, the financing and home appraisal contingencies that are found on, on pending offers can be problematic, right? Yeah, and we're seeing that more and more. And so now what I am seeing a lot of on the contracts is one where they just waive the appraisal contingency altogether um, and they just completely remove that off of there. Um, and equally, and maybe even more, is that what I'll see in the contract is they'll have a, an appraisal contingency and they'll also agree to pay up to X amount of dollars above um, the appraisal price should have come in below the, the contract price. So for instance, if, it, if they, it's under contract for $400,000, they say they will pay, you know, up to $10,000 more than the appraised value up to the contract price. So if it only appraised at 370,000, for example, they would agree to pay 370 plus 10,000 or 380. Um, and I'm seeing that quite a bit out there on, in, in a lot of the agreements coming through. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I think in addition to that, the, the other thing that I think is common right now is, um, you know, listing agents, first, first and foremost, you're seeing more cash transactions because listing agents then take those financed offers, they present them to the seller, and then they say things like, here are all your options. You can counter, you can highest invest, you can work with anyone, or you can take the highest finance offer and bring it to the cash person, see if you can spread the difference. A lot of people think there are rules or there, there's procedure, or there's some sort of code to follow. And, and it is 100% seller driven. The seller does what the seller wants. If we get a bunch of offers and the seller wants to accept one, then the seller accepts one. If we get a bunch of offers, the seller wants to counter one, the seller can counter one. If the seller wants to take one offer to another person, they 100% can do all of those things. There's no requirement that they do a highest and best or that they, um, you know, there, there really isn't. The only requirements are offer, all offers have to be presented to the seller. And from there, the choices are really up to the seller. We, we deal with this all the time where the agent calls us, why didn't you do highest and best? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? And, and, and look, it's the seller's wishes. The seller can decide which path they want to go. A lot of times they do a bidding war. A lot of times they say, you know what, let's take this cash person and see if they'll pay a little bit more and then we'll go with them because it's quick and it's clean. So that's why you're seeing this increase in cash because 
you know, look, agents want to do the best job for their client. They want to mitigate risk. They want this, the client to put as much money as they can, as quick as they can. And you know what? They want to get paid too. So cash is king. It's just the reality of it. And, and that doesn't mean you can't get a deal done with financing. Mike, you guys do an incredible job. There's a lot of times where you're winning offers, right? Where you're yes. financing, you're beating cash offers. Yes, absolutely. And we've done as many things as we possibly can. We've talked about it before with our fast track credit approval. So they're going in, we get as close to cash as we possibly can through to kind of go up against those cash offers. And while it's still a finance deal to have it as much of an ironclad as you possibly can have, um, you know, upfront so that people know the sellers know that, you know, these aren't just wishy-washy buyers or it's a 50-50 chance or anything else that, you know, it's, it, it's going to get approved. Yeah. And, and, and again, the important part about that is if you're up against cash and look, let's face it, most price ranges today, you're probably up against cash. If you're up against cash, you have to have all your ducks in a row. You got to have the pre, you can't just be pre-approved. You have, you have to have a loan commitment minus all the other things. Yes. I mean, you've got to be very far along in that process. You can't be behind the eight ball there. You can't wait to get your financing in a row. And then, you know, until you find the house too late, you missed it. You know, yeah. homes are selling faster than they ever have for more money than they ever have with lighter terms than they ever have. You simply can't make that mistake. Or yeah, you're I saw miss back out. to the, the statistic you were talking about. Can you about say that? that first... Statistics. <laughs> Neither yeah. of us. I butcher that word all the time. Yeah. So, but uh, going back to the, the statistics in the first segment, you know, I saw the average, you know, sale, you know, listing to, um, contract was six days. I mean, it's yeah. incredible on how fast they're going. I've never seen a number so low like that. Yeah, and and again, the the list to sell price ratio, a hundred percent. Right. That's never happened. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. Never happened. It has never happened. You know, ever. So so again, um, you know, we're just in an abnormal real estate market. Super competitive. We're going to continue this conversation. We'll give you more real estate tips after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan. Uh, the Duncan Duo team at Remax, joined by Mike Corrigan, Cross Country Mortgage, and Mike um, Construction, new construction. Look, we know that that's kind of what what a lot of real estate agents and and experts have hoped would be the saving grace for our real estate market as we create new new construction inventory. But the, there's just a myriad of things slowing down and holding back new construction. And the first one I want to talk about, uh, there, there's really three of them that I see. Um, there's labor shortage. There's, um, you know, obvious, you know, labor shortage. There is um, problems with permitting and city and county being able to, and prepared to process and move permitting along quick enough to allow the construction to continue. But then the one I want to start with is supply chain headaches. Look, th there are problems with builders getting supplies. There are probably, you know, there are a lot of production things that stopped or slowed or halted during COVID. And now that we need, now that we've drained a lot of warehouses on things, builders cannot get supplies that they need to move houses along quickly enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you keep hearing more and more about it and, and on um, how long it's taken for them to get the supplies. The cost of lumber had gone up fourfold from where it was just earlier, even earlier in the beginning of this year. I mean, everything has just gotten so expensive, it's hard to get through, and it's it's just going to take a while. And, and there's, you know, eventually it'll work itself out, but it's going to take a while for for the the you know kinks in the uh, the pipeline kind of to unwind. And and I think again, when so when you talk about the supply chain headaches, 
which are rampant, right? I mean, that is slowing yes. new construction down. That is slowing major builders down from being able to create and build homes. But you also, the second part of that is the labor shortage because the labor shortage affects two things. It affects the supply chain because all of these companies that produce lumber, that produce metal for roofs, that produce, you know, mulch, that I mean, all of it, right? They're struggling to find labor to create the supplies that the builders need. And then the double-edged, the double-edged sword of the of the labor issue is that builders are having a hard time finding labor to make the houses. So the so the labor shortage part of it affects both of it. Is it affects the supply chain, and it affects the builders themselves. And let's face it, we went through this, you know, the the COVID stuff where a lot of people said, you know what, I'm not going to be a laborer anymore. I'm going to go use spend this year and educate myself. Or they said, you know what, I've gotten, you know, not my side gigs doing better now. Or now I'm an Uber driver and I don't really want to sit out and sit in the sun and bake all day to put a roof on. And and there's just generally been, I think, a transition away from, you know, labor for a long time. I mean, in society and education and, and in all of these things, you know, I mean, you could go out and be a plumbing contractor today and make six figures and people don't realize that, but they keep yeah. going into other fields. Like people don't want to work with their hands. They don't want to work outside. And, and, and so that has caused, um, you know, some, some, some problem problems in the labor force, not just for builders themselves having laborers to make the homes, but for laborers to produce supplies that the supply chain needs drastically. Yeah. Yeah. And that population of, of all the tradesmen is, is aging. Right. And, and obviously as time goes on, it just keeps getting worse and worse. So we need new people to get into those markets and our young people out there to go to the trade schools and get so that we can fix this. Otherwise it's just going to, it's just going to continue on into the future. Yeah. I think here, here's one other point behind this. Okay. And you know, this is like my third point about what's going on with new construction and what's slowing it. And it's cities and the counties. And look, I'm not trying to throw shade at Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, Pasco County, because this is not like a local area thing. This is a national thing. This is everywhere. And the issue is that they sent a lot of people home. A lot of people that they sent home probably aren't the type of workers that should be working from home because maybe they're not as motivated or maybe they just don't work well. And, and, and not to discount the workers, but a lot of the reason they don't work well is also because none of these counties, especially for the from the IT security side of it, are set up to be able to have people work from home. I mean, you've got right. you've got all these this infrastructure. So some of the people not able to work from home or they're not good at working from home, it's because they got to navigate all these extra systems and and firewalls and tech problems that they can't resolve at home. So it's it's not. I don't want to. I don't want me labeling to say, oh, like everybody that works for the county or the city, you know, goes home and doesn't work. No, it, it's not. I'm not saying that. I'm surely that contributes. But I'm also saying, lives people go for work from home and they're not able to do it. And they're not. They're not good at it because they don't have the the capabilities of the technology. They don't have the right setup. The the cities and the counties weren't prepared for this. So when they send these people home, systems crash. They can't log into this. They can't log into that. Or this is you know this is a firewall. Or this is an IP address issue with this internet provider. All these problems come to play. That when it's all in one place, it's very easy for them to control and fix. So it's all of these things that contribute. I think in addition to that, you have um, cities and counties that. Um, Look, government is always, um, what's the right word for it? Very practical. They're pragmatist when it comes to hiring people and bringing people on because they know that's tax dollars and they don't want to have a bunch of labor that they don't have, they, they don't pay for. They're not a for-profit institution. Most of the, most, most are in debt. 
So they're very slow, you know, to add people and to grow. So when the, when COVID happened, a lot of them sent people home, laid people off, didn't hire, didn't plan for growth, thought that, you know, oh, you know, the apocalypse, you know, has showed up and now zombies are going to be in the street. Like the world's going to end. We can't hire anybody. And so they, they just slowed all that stuff. And then the complete opposite happened of what most expected to happen. And then our market explodes uh, and not just our market, but all over the country, different markets exploded and they're not equipped with enough people to be able to process the permits, to be able to approve things, to be able to do the, to go out in the field and do the inspections, um, you know, and especially when COVID was so rampant. So because, you know, they want to send people out in the street to go meet a homeowner, to look at a house and then get COVID, you know? So, so you had so many that were, you know, this, this um, pent up need for all this stuff that had to get done. And then, and then you add that, this increase in demand, uh, and it, it just kind of broke it. So, so a lot of the problems in the city and county are simply planning issues that no one could have predicted. I mean, look, we can sit here and, you know, blame our public officials all day long, but I don't think anyone, when this thing started, thought that this is where we'd be a year later. I think everybody thought it'd be a lot different. And a lot of people predicted that and expected it. So it's, it's you know, they're doing the best they can. It's just, this is what we have to deal with because of the uniqueness of what the last year has brought us. So getting permits filed and approved, getting site inspections, all that stuff. It's like the perfect storm. All this stuff hits at once. And guess what? It's a problem. Right. Yeah. And then you add in the other two of the, you know, the labor shortage and, and the supply chain headaches and you put it together and that's, that, that's where you're seeing the slowdown in, in the new construction. Right. And then you say, and then you throw it into now I've got to train people, you know, right. I'm going to hire these people. I got to train them. And you're trying to have them trained in the most unique rare real estate market we've ever seen. And now, you know, it's just, there's so many things contributing. And the, the best advice I can give people, um, if you're listening to this right now and you have any role in the real estate market, okay, whether you're a real estate agent, whether you're somebody that works for the city or a county, you know, in, in permitting, whether you're in the construction industry, mortgage professional, realtor, um, you know, home inspector, buyer or seller, Take a deep breath, be kind, okay? Understand that a lot of this stuff going on is no one's fault. Don't take it personal. Don't get so agitated. You know, the, you know really the anxiety and the amped up craziness of, of everything right now has people just acting a fool. Like, I mean, acting a fool <laughs> over things that no one has any control over. We can't, you know, we can't have predicted this ramp up in demand to where a surveyor can't get out on the house for eight weeks. Like, this is all new. And I, and I think, again, um, you know, the, the, the agitation level and the, the, the heat needs to be brought down about six notches. There's a lot of people in this industry. And if you can't handle the heat of what's going on right now with grace, then get out. Go do something else. This business ain't for you. It's a people business. If you can't be nice to people, get out. Like, it, that's the reality of it. So many people right now. The egos, the frustration, all these things coming into play has people on edge. And it's just not good for the market. It's not good for the train. It's not good for anything. There's nothing good going to come of it. You're in a real estate market that is going to be drastically different than you've ever seen. There's going to be a lot of things change. It's going to be frustrating. There's going to be curveballs thrown all the time for things that no one is prepared for because no one was prepared for this. So take a chill pill. You're going to buy or sell a house. Get some patience. You're going to be a realtor, get some patience, go have a drink. Just don't drink too much. 
<laughs> go go have a drink. Chill out a little bit. Like every there's just everything is is amped up, and people just need to take a step back, and and you know calm down and and let things work themselves out because most of the stuff that's going on that's causing all these wrinkles, somewhere along the line, it's you know you know things that no one really could have prepared for or decided. Now, that well, that was that was very well said and and a good segment. And I'm sitting here thinking, I wish that every person that is anywhere around real estate all is listening to this right now and hears this because that that was very well said and everyone take a deep breath um and it'll all work itself out and everything is great so so i appreciate yeah, you saying that well and and again i mean I, I think again you had you know you add in all of this stuff all these changes all this newness and in addition to that you throw on top of that the largest increase in the realtor population that we've ever seen right. because the market's so hot and everyone jumps in. And then you have a lot of unprepared, untrained people haven't been having in-person classes forever. And I'm going to be honest with you, real estate companies that think Zoom training is good, it sucks. Your people aren't paying attention to it. They might pay attention to it for a third of the time. Zoom training holds nothing compared to in-person training that hasn't been going on for a year. So you have new agents that are untrained in the craziest real estate market we've ever seen. You sprinkle on a little bit of crazy and you have something that is like a made-for-TV home movie. Um, and and th that's what we're in. So everybody, just take a deep breath. Look at things from a different perspective. Don't worry about whose fault something is and just focus on solutions. Yes. So yeah, we need to put that out there. That needs to be like an announcement. Maybe we can run like a four-minute PSA. Yes. TV. Yeah. Are you in everywhere. the real estate business? <laughs> you need to watch this video so that you don't go crazy and you know lose your mind. So, but uh, but anyway, I think there's no question that 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 should happen. So, anyway, one more segment left after this. So follow us on all our socials at the Duncan Duo, and we're gonna be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. Mike, real quick, this is uh, our last segment today. Um, if people aren't following me on social media and they want to uh, have a chance to win a signed Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. Make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo. We're gonna have a contest soon. Houses in the U.S. cost 13.2% more in March 2021 than at the same time last year, and that's in the U.S. That number's over 20% in Tampa. Okay, but we've talked about appreciation, we've talked about inflation on the show before, but one element that we've only kind of touched on a little bit, we touched on the the supply shortage, but when you have a supply shortage with high demand, what does that cause prices for those supplies to do? Go up. Cause them to go up. So if the supplies go up, what's the price of the house have to do? Yeah, it goes up. Has to go up. So the reality is while there's appreciation going on and while there is uh, increase in demand, the increased cost of materials, lumber, for example, metal for roofs, appliances, uh, because you have low record low supply, people are willing to pay more for it to get it because there's only so much of it. And some people, if they're not willing to pay the price, aren't going to get the supplies. So when you have this record so low supply, what's going to happen? Prices of supplies are going to go up. And then that trickles down to new home construction costs go up. And what people don't realize is that that also trickles down into impacting resale homes. Here's what I mean. Let's say you're in some master planned community in East Hillsborough and homes in that neighborhood have been selling for 300,000 and then supplies surged, you know, 10%. Well, now that $300,000 house is going to go for 330. 
and the homes built a year or two ago may not rise to 330 because of the, the increase in supplies because a, an older home is worth slightly less, but they're going to go up simply because the new homes in the neighborhood cost more and people keep buying them. So when you have supply costs go up, it trickles to resale too. It isn't just increasing the price of new construction because the new construction home is a block away from a resale home that was built two and three years ago that is now automatically worth more because the new construction home costs more to build and people will pay it. So when you hear people say the cost of supplies going up, well, I'd live in a neighborhood where that doesn't matter. You're wrong. If supplies go up, home, home prices go up. Yeah, it's, and it's going across the board, and you're exactly right to, to bring that up. And that's, I think, part of a lot of what's fueled the, the overall appreciation across, you know, across Tampa Bay and really the country. Yeah, people don't realize and, and it's, that, that supply materials going up increases the cost of homes. Here's the other thing that does, okay? We've never seen more professional hedge fund, large Wall Street companies buying homes. Now, you know, if you see their ads in Tampa Bay, you should just call us instead because we're local and, you know, just, you know, you can skip the hedge fund, send the money back to New York. We're going to keep that money right here home in Tampa. But when you see them ramping up, here's the other thing that you're failing to capitalize on, realize on. They need to make a return. Okay. The materials costs go up. The labor costs go up. What does that translate to? it translates to the house going to cost you more money because they want to make a margin. So they're going to increase the cost and if people will pay it, then guess what? AKA that record low supply of inventory and record low supply of homes causes prices to keep going up because construction materials are more expensive because the flipper that's going to spend 40,000 on a rehab now has to spend 47,000 on a rehab and says, you know what? I'm going to increase the price of the house by seven grand to cover that increase in cost, translating to, a higher expense. Now, look, I don't want to make economics seem like it's that basic because it's it's not all the time. Um, but you know, but the reality is that it it is a, a very common thing uh, that people misunderstand the the increase in supplies and how it translates. Um, you know, it, it doesn't. It's like I described it a few minutes ago. It's not that simple, but it but it but it the general premise is the same. Increase in supplies causes an increase in home prices. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things, and we talk all the time on the on the show about supply and demand. And it's one of the first things you do learn in you know economics one hundred and one. And and that certainly does hold true. You know, here and we're seeing that we have such a super high demand and a very low supply, and it's been that way for a while. And so that holds true and, and adds into the uh, the appreciation. Yeah, it's not going to change anytime soon. And I, I think mm -hmm. that's just the reality of it. So. The, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that people will pay attention and that, that, um, you know, we can, we can, um, have an understanding of what's going on. And like I said, if you're involved in the real estate business, take a chill pill, take a break, take a breath. It's a unique market. There's a lot of things out of people's control. Don't look for someone to blame, have some grace, be kind and understand that, you know, this market won't be here forever. Don't burn bridges. Don't be mean to people. It's just that everything is on edge right now. And it's, it's a lot of things that people can't control. Like people say, like I hear people say to me, oh, it must be nice getting 33 offers on a house. It's not nice. It's right. not fun at all. It sucks. Frankly, you got to tell 32 people they lost out on the house. You think that's fun? Like anyone that thinks that, that, you know, that, that real estate agents that list a lot of houses think it's fun to get 32 offers. It's just wrong. No, no one gets any kicks out of that. It sucks. 
So we're all hoping and praying that it, that it changes and shifts some and that we can have more inventory because no one, no one likes telling 32 people that they lost out. It's not fun. So, right. so we don't enjoy it any more than you do. Like, you know, yeah, we're glad the house got under contract, but man, we, we wish everybody could find a house, but it's just not the reality for right now. So everybody take a chill pill and go enjoy your holiday weekend, man. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You got a ho- long holiday weekend, go enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you here next week here on the Duncan Duo Show. Have a great rest of your Sunday and enjoy your holiday weekend.